Hello and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and in this episode, I am joined by my esteemed colleague and brother, Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Hello. Back despite popular demand. <laughs> Actually, people seem to like you, which I was very surprised by. Well, there you go. Um, no accounting for taste. No. You are back because we're back at the homestead for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And... I asked the Facebook group whether they'd be interested in doing another Ask Me Anything. Questions came in, and you are not being paid to sit here and ask me. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm going to get well, so we'll have a look and see what uh, the forum members are interested in knowing and, and, and go through that. But. And incidentally, if you aren't a member of the Facebook forum, the link to join will be in the show notes. And I've had a few emails recently from people saying, how do I find the show notes? So... Depending on which platform you're on, if you are on Apple Podcasts, you might see three little dots in a circle when you find the show, and that often opens up to bring up another page. If you're listening on Acast, the same is true. You can do show more. So it should be, if you're listening on your phone or on any device, Gavin, you might be able to help with this, there's usually some kind of click here for more or a plus sign button or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I look at it through the iPhone podcast app, so just, yeah, scroll down to the bottom, and yeah, it's usually in there. You have to click on details, and sometimes as you just, there's usually without. I don't want to bring my phone over in case it kind of disrupts the mics or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know that can be a problem, but if you scroll to the bottom of the details, you know where you've got the sleep timer and those sorts of things. There's usually a, yeah, yeah. a link there. You say click details, and you can see more. So there you go. So um, the link to join the forum. And to follow me on social media will be in the show notes. The links to follow Gavin won't be because Gavin rejects the notion of social media. That's right, anti-social media. It's all a ruse. Anyway. So he has no idea what I'm up to on a day-to-day basis unless somebody tells him, oh, I saw on your sister's Instagram that she was in (laughs) LA. (laughs) That's it. Other people tell me what you're up to. Right, Mm. which is always always fabulous. Right, so should we... um, I'm in proper holiday mode at the moment now. So okay. sorry if I sound low energy. Well, I've, I've just made some coffee. We've got some oat milk, so we're, we're good to go. <laughs> we're good. Here we are. Let's do the first question. Yes, please. So we have Julia, I'm going to say it could be Wieland and it could be a German name, which is Wieland. Um, anyway, Julia asks, I found, I found you because of your episodes about anxiety. If it isn't too personal, how are you today? Do you have any new tips or experiences? Have any of the 26 habits helped? And how did you pluck up the courage to go self-employed and start the podcast? How did you, how did or do you deal with anxiety concerning your business? Thank you. So quite a few. Can we break that one down? That's yeah. a great question, actually. Um, so how are you today? Um, I've got a post-holiday blues. So as I've just been whining to Gavin in the car on the way home, um, I'm actually a little bit low ebb mm. at the moment. Um, and it's post-holiday blues. It's uh, I always get a bit ratty around my birthday. I did 40 days of 40 last year and didn't get ratty. And then I didn't do it this year. And I have. <laughs> so maybe I just need to really over-egg the birthday pudding. And maybe I won't get hmm. a bit despondent. And um, fine, because I'm able to cope. So I've started meditating again. And um, I'm just trying to... Every time I feel myself going down that path of negative thinking I try and switch it and think actually this is a really good thing for this reason but those are because there's coping mechanisms in place from quite a bit of therapy Mm. and working really really hard at it so yes today I am feeling a little bit 
kind of crappy. I've got to be really honest, this week has been a bit of a struggle. I think, uh, I think also that's not an uncommon... That's not uncommon at this time of year. I think when you're up to the age of about 12, maybe, you get really excited building up to Christmas... <laughs> and even though you and I are tired of children. <laughs> there you go. But past that, you know, it becomes less interesting or, or not as interesting. I mean, it's uh, it's not the same exciting period it was. And I think, you know, you see so many people who are stressing about getting the food, getting the mm. getting the presents and all these kinds of things. There's almost there's also that kind of that kind of slowdown towards the end of the year. It, it, it's weird that it's people sort of look forward to the time off. But it also can be quite a stressful time. Yeah, and I think I went away at the beginning of December, but then what I've done is I've come back at a point when everyone is slowing down. And actually, I think one of the nice things about um, Christmas, sorry, is about going away on holidays. You come back and you feel really energised to get back into it. Hmm. So I, that kind of me coming back going, yeah, 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 is, is just been met with a slowdown. Yes, because you've had that little break and you've mm. sort of recharged your batteries a bit, but everyone else is kind of exactly. waiting for the recharge and sort of surviving the the uh, cycle of office and work parties or whatever and uh, <laughs> the uh, difficult next mornings. Yeah, I enjoyed FaceTiming you the other day after yours when you looked very perky, not. Yeah, that was... Uh, anyway, so <laughs> the next part of the question is, do you have any new tips or experiences? Uh, dealing with anxiety and depression. Um, I think so. It's following on. Yes. Do you have any new so. tips or experiences? Um, it do. I do feel like it has to do with. Uh, it's no different from going to the gym and building body muscles. It's the same with mental muscles. And the good thing about uh, if you take a break or if you feel like you relapse, for want of a better expression is muscle memory hmm. and so this this week and again it's holiday it's coming back it's jet lag I really I really struggled with jet lag on the way back because when I got back into London context I left LA on in the afternoon I went to the lounge probably had more wine than I should have done but you know I got into the lounge so I was like yep all bets are off but I woke up in London with a headache a bit of a migrainey headache and so when I got back, I sort of half unpacked and then fell asleep on the sofa. And so I didn't get myself back onto UK time. Mm. So that was terrible planning. So uh, in terms of new experiences, it's kind of that thing of, right, I know what this feels like. I know that I want to stay in bed this week. And because there's no, there's like work life is on a bit of a slowdown, it would be very easy to just um, succumb to that. But... Instead, I go, no, I have to get up and I have to go to the gym. And if I don't feel like going to the gym, then I'll go and do like an hour on the bike hmm. because I'm sitting down. Yeah. And I'll take the Real House and I'll download some Real Housewives and watch Real Housewives on my phone because I'm still moving. And that still is having... The body doesn't necessarily know that you're feeling a bit glum. It's This body's still working, so you should elicit a similar result. And it, I do always feel better for working out afterwards. Meditating, I'm using Headspace again because I could feel my stress building and I could feel that, that kind of um, familiar fluttering in my chest of anxiety. Hmm. So it, it's if you are um, struggling with depression or anxiety, I think the thing is it's lots of baby steps, but they really do uh, accumulate. They really do become helpful when you kind of whether it's therapy whether it's meditating 
I also, if I'm feeling crappy, eat really well. So it's been tofu stir fries yeah. this week. Because if I succumb to the carb thing, or again, that's another, that's another signpost that says you're heading down the bad road. So it's just kind of obvious stuff, but it's very, very hard to make those good choices and do those things when you are feeling that low. Mm. But so those are, and sleeping well, trying to get on a schedule. A lot of the things that I tried to implement during 26 Habits as well are all really strong cornerstones for keeping yourself mentally in a good place. I think too. I know no, no one's no one's asking me questions. But I'm going to put my uh, <laughs> well. I want you to contribute, please. Go. Yeah, I'm going to throw my opinion in here. But I think something you mentioned about muscle memory is important because with mind mindset and mind state, mm-hmm. you kind of if you think about it, each time you have a a cycle of thought, it is a negative cycle. Each time you have it, you're basically plowing a furrow, if you mm-hmm. like. And each time you 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 allow that thought cycle to take root you're you're making that that furrow deeper it becomes mm-hmm. a, more deeply ingrained and in, in, in you know in your and you, you know, your to be psyche fact. yeah and yeah. and you can you know it, it's you can convince yourself that everything's terrible and there's no hope and and all the rest of it um and so it becomes a sort of almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy and i think on some level most of us know that mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you hear about there's a lot of interesting work done with things like sports psychologists if you read some of the the things there they talk about changing the way these people think and Mm -hmm. and just the mindsets of high achievers are always interesting to look at Um, so I think that as you say the muscle memory using that analogy is quite interesting Mm. well so yeah I guess it's at the point of undeepening shallowing What's the what's a good word here, Gavin? You're better. Than I think me. I don't know whether you can actually do that, but I well, maybe you can. I'm not an expert in it, but I think it's 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 uh, having the the um, it's a presence of mind, which is where mindfulness and meditation can come in, very useful to actually recognise when you're doing that and then mm. stop it and replace it and say, okay, I've got to stop this. So if you keep thinking, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, you, I'm never going to be able to run 5K. I'm never going to get that job. I'm never going to do whatever it is, your goal you've got in front of you and you keep telling yourself, I'm never going to do it. You've got Mm -hmm. to stop and say, okay, here's five reasons why I can't, why I can. Mm -hmm. And just try and nip that in the bud because it's it's really easy to to succumb to that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, most of us, I think we become more insular, if you like, as a society. Social media actually is another reason I don't use it. It seems to have the opposite effect. It leads to social isolation, but... Mm -hmm. Um, we'll leave that for another another discussion. So, but I think that's um, yeah, trying to catch yourself in those thoughts, recognizing those traps, if you like, that mm. you, you know, and, and and avoiding them. And so you mentioned the twenty six habits. I think yeah, the exercise is always a good one for lifting the mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one that you know, I was, I know you, it's one of my ref. You, I got a shout out on the show when you went through the cold shower thing because. Mm-hmm. I used to do that, and that's a great mood lifter, and it's... You didn't do cold showers, though. Gavin used to, at this time of year, so at Christmas, come back, swimming trunks, swimming shorts, bucket of ice-cold water with ice thrown in, Hmm. and then you'd chuck it over yourself. And then as the steam was rising off you, you'd look at me with the Joker-like grin on your face and go, this is great. And everyone thinks it must be the worst thing ever, but if it was the worst thing ever, I wouldn't have been doing Mm. it every day, and... My immune system, everything, I was never got sick once during that winter. I didn't mm. doing that twice a day. Um, one thing about those things, if you are doing the cold showers, finish on cold. Mm-hmm. So you can start with a warm shower and turn the temperature down. But mm-hmm. once you've done the cold shower, 
don't finish on a hot shower. If you no, no, put no. the temperature up again, then turn it back down and finish on cold, yeah. and, and that's how you get the benefits. So yes, that's so true. That's another twenty-six bit. And if you're washing your body or your hair, you you can wash under warm water. It's just about turning the water cold at the end. Yeah. Some I, uh, somebody said, "What well, I have to have a cold shower, as in wash my hair under cold water?" And that's absolutely not. And even the Wim Hof method, when he, he gets people, is is worth looking up. Um, He's very much into cold therapy and he does crazy things like swimming underneath glaciers in um, Siberia. That's a bit extreme. Yeah, he was, he was here about his telling the story. He was doing this and he got lost because his eyeballs froze and he couldn't see. <laughs> it's a crazy oh, guy. Oh, I nearly gagged. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, so he said, oh, sure. now, I, now I've got to find my way to the hole I'm supposed to get out of at the other side. But, but my eyes are frozen inside yes. my head. Yeah. That anyway. is, I genuinely nearly vomited yeah. my mouth. He was laughing as he told the story. Uh, <laughs> So okay, to no one. Hmm? <laughs> His eyes were all right afterwards. They thought, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. of course. Okay, yeah, good. yeah, you know, he's not blind, but yeah. yeah. She is. So, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. No, got... I'm going to do another, I'm going to talk about muscle memory again because you will enjoy this one. Hmm? So, you know that my fitness went right down the pan. Yeah. And my endurance and my stamina and everything. And this year, I have got up to running pretty much the kind of times and distances that I was before. Depression. When you were doing the half marathon. No, it. not there, not mm. there. We're like, we're at 5K, half mm. an hour and everything. And recently I pushed through kind of like the running for eight minutes. And I, I do mean this is, this is about mental strength as well. I've you've been using this app and I've, that I've talked about on the podcast before, this 5K runner one. And I'll put the link in the show notes. And it starts off when you like run for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, and you do it all, then you build up and build up. And I must have spent about eight months where the longest running I was doing was four minutes. Mm. Because mentally, when I'd look at the next week, I I just thought that's too much for me. Mm. So I let my brain make the decisions for me. And then recently, like, my fingers were making me swipe through to the harder runs. And if I'd get to a run that was like 20 minutes or 25 minutes and it would be the first time I was doing it, I would um, (laughs) stare at the wall towards the end and I'd say, you've never run, you haven't run this long before. And I would in my head, although I'm sure you could read it on my face, which is why I always use a treadmill that faces the wall. I was in my head, I was shouting at myself, this is your mental strength. You've done this to try Mm. and make it, to try and lodge it. that I'm completely capable of this. So I don't lose it mentally again. Because I don't, I think my mental fitness was um, at a worse, in a worse position than my physical fitness. Yeah. You are looking at me like I'm a knob. No, it's true. I think that's, uh, it is. I mean, it's, it, it's about, because I think you know sometimes that you really want to stop, but you don't, and you somehow push through and mm. you realize it was just my mind. I mean, there's a, I can't remember the guy's name now, he's an endurance runner. And he was talking about some training he did with a guy he just refers to as the SEAL, a Navy SEAL. And he didn't name the guy, but I think everyone pretty much thinks it's probably this guy called David Goggins, who's becoming a phenomenal endurance athlete as a former Navy SEAL. And he basically told this runner that there's, they, they have this thing they call the rule of 40%. Mm-hmm. That's what he believed, which is he said, when your mind is telling you, I have to stop, I can't do any more, your body's only 40% done. Oh. So, you know, he says your mind will give out long before your body does. And I think that's one of the things, you know, they see they do those... Well, for all those units, have to do those crazy. Basically, they're looking to see who's got the mental fortitude to push through, mm. and they, you know, they see there are people who are physically capable of doing it, 
but mentally they say, I've got to I got to stop. I can't take any more. And I remember I used to do these hill sprints. Not that with, we're seals, but again. No, no, I used to do hill sprints with uh, my old personal trainer, Mark, and we used to do five, and it was like this really steep, and he would ride a bike, and I would have to follow as mm. close as I could to him, and we'd do it five times, and the fourth one was always the one that I struggled with the most. He said it's always the penultimate one. The last one, you just give it everything, but on that fourth one, whether you realise it or not, you are holding back. Why are you laughing? No, I'm not laughing. The idea of me running after a bike. I was going to trump you and say I used to do that, but my chain was on a motorbike. Oh, Gavin, and, this you know, is ridiculous. I had bare feet. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so we've still got more of Julia's <laughs> questions to get through. This reminds me of the last and time. And the ground was on fire. Yeah, so. <laughs> this reminds me of the last time you came on. And you. one of the questions you asked me, it was one of the Tim Ferriss ones about what would, what's the best $100 investment. And I said something like, so what are we talking here, $80? And Yaz really found that. Hello, Yaz, who I know is listening. Yaz found that really funny, the kind of fact that I was like, so are we talking $80 then? <laughs> exchange rate, not today. The exchange rate is terrible, as I found out in LA. Um, Carry on, Gavin. Sorry, yes. So um, Julie also asked, how did you... Now, this is something I think a lot of people are probably quite interesting how did you pluck up the courage to go self-employed and start the podcast how did or do you deal with anxiety concerning your business oh, okay so um pluck up the courage to go freelance um I didn't actually I was a chicken and I should have done it years earlier and the reason I didn't is because I thought that a salaried job was the only way I could guarantee any kind of security and even though I was desperately unhappy and I wasn't suited to an office and I certainly wasn't suited to the office that I was working within and it, and it wasn't a positive place for me or for the people around me, um, it, wasn't, it, was, it wasn't until there was a redundancy payout for voluntary redundancy was offered. And I thought, mm. well, there's that security blanket I've been looking for. But uh, it wasn't a security blanket at all, really, because although you get a lump sum... Yeah. you get a payout, you have to hit the ground running because especially in this day and age, you torch through money. Just rent, utilities, mm. not even anything no. extra on the side. It, it's hard out there. So I wouldn't have done it had I not got that redundancy. But if I knew now what I know, if I knew then what I know now about what that was like, I probably still I would be too scared to do it. But it was amazing because... The day that you suddenly realise that you're financially solvent off your own doing is a really, really mm. damn good day. It feels really, really good. And it's, uh, I think I talked about this on the podcast when Leona Lewis came on and we were talking about happiness. And I would say the same is true for all of these things. None of these things that you aspire to are destinations. They're high points on a continuing journey. So you can experience that feeling several times or many times but you also obviously will come back down not back down but you will also feel that fear again mm. and that's brilliant because it's the fear that motivates you to the you can have a really great year you can have a really great month whatever it is that you're doing and you just have to really you have to if it doesn't feel like it's going well you have to look at yourself in the mirror and I do this and I this is why I live on my own I sometimes look at myself in the mirror and say, you're going to make it all right. If I ever think, oh God, I'm a bit worried now, I think you're going to make it okay. And I make a deal mm. with myself. I trust you. I trust you to look after us. I don't have a split personality. But I just, I trust myself to... Well, we've only really got your word for that now because this all <laughs> sounds very, yeah. 
Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Sorry, it's just because I saw the trailer for um, Glass, Glass the other day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And James McAvoy looks excellent at that. Um, so have I answered that robustly enough? Yeah, and I think... Uh, I can... I, I, well, I'm guessing I know where Julia's coming from, as a lot of people think. You know, you, like as you say, you think, you know, the only way to get by is a, you know, by having a salaried job. You know, that's, that, that gives you security. But then, you mm. know, Warren Buffett... I think it's Warren Buffett quote. Is there something like, um, if you, unless you can figure a way to make up money while you sleep, you will be you will be basically working for someone else's dream, where mm. you you will be you'll be a slave for the rest of your life, something like that, which has led to this kind of rise of sort of like the gig economy, and um, and people looking for side hustles. And you mentioned about the anxiety you have with this. Mm. There's a Obviously, I think, well, how do I make rent? Because, you know, you're not guaranteed that check at the end of the month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, that another chap I listened to, James Altucher. He, he's a guy who's kind of gone through all of this. Mm-hmm. And he's had great successes, but he's also, had, he's also had great failures. And he's very open about all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, his writing failures. Like, I think he talked about when he wrote his first book and he gave it to his girlfriend and said, what did you think of it? And she started crying and broke up with him. So, <laughs> I mean, so he, he's quite funny, but then he gets there in the end. <laughs> Um, so there you go and another another resource there I think but it's uh, it is difficult it's, it's great to hear other people but it's like I guess I think with all these things listen to your gut when, when you when your gut tells you it's time to yeah and also I think it's very hard it's sorry it's very easy to latch on to success stories because those are the stories that are always told yeah whereas actually you don't hear about the failures yeah and they're the one that that's where you learn and that's why i think i put it on instagram a little while ago i love a success story but what i love more is somebody who had it lost it and got it back Mm, again or came from nothing but when somebody hasn't experienced failure or doesn't know what it's like to I mean, I think I've said it on this podcast before, but if I haven't, like, you know the situation. It was like, right, I'm going to have to sell the car. Mm. That'll pay off the rent for a little yeah. while, and then I'll move back with our parents. <laughs> and, then, and then after a while, I'll go and work in a coffee shop. And every time I froth up a latte, I'll talk about the time I went to Elton John's house. Mm. Like, that was... that. And again, talking about the the... Uh, the furrowing into your brain, I kind of... I was working towards that reality, and part of my brain was directing me towards that and the books by Jen Sincero really really helped me mm. because she was talking my language she's been there yeah she wanted to live in Santa Monica so she so she lived in a one car garage lockup and turned it into a one bedroom place because she mm. wanted to live in Santa Monica and she had she had resigned herself to the fact she was going to be poor and live in substandard accommodation so I could really identify with how she was articulating what her brain was telling her, what she was telling herself. And then she just said, no, I'm not going to do this. Let's see what happens if I say I'm a success and I make this much money. And boom, she was able to steer herself in that direction. But it's not, it's not a smooth, consistently hmm. upward course. Yeah, I know people talk about that, you know, manifesting your reality. And I think sometimes people sort of miss the the substance of that it's like yeah manifesting your reality isn't is, is great but it's like you know like Jensen Cher and all these other people it's it's then you know putting in the work behind it it's oh, like yeah. you know you can write affirmations and whatever the hell else but you know it's uh, all these people it's it's like the, the simple it's the three stages with the goal here's the goal devise a plan and then put that plan mm. into action so it's like ask believe receive is 
I kind of I understand it, but where's the working element? Where's the input? Yeah, yeah. don't just don't just ask for the law of attraction. A hundred grand a year, like you have mm. to come up with a business plan. Think about how you're going to execute it. Understand how much it's going to cost you. How you can monetize it. Like you have to. And actually, all of those things. It sounds people used to say to me, "Sit down and write a business plan." For the podcast, for example, and I, I don't know what to do. I don't. How, what kind of paper should I use? Yeah. What font should I use? Like that's, yeah. that's how I approached it. But actually, if you can just break things down really simply and just write a sentence and say, "I want to have a podcast that I publish on Apple Podcasts, and within twelve months I would like to monetize it." That for me, that's mm. enough because then mm. you think, yeah, you're thinking in the right direction. But you've got. Well, you you say it well actually when you talk about. Think about where you want to be and then plot your course back. Like, what are you going to do today that's going to get you to that point you want to be at in 18 months? You've said that to me before. Yeah, I think people sometimes put long-term goals in place and they think, I want to be a successful X, Y, Z. And in a way, it's kind of like it's a false promise to yourself because if you're starting from, well, let's say, um, who do people aspire to be like today? I don't know, the Kardashians or something. So someone looks at them and says, I want to be like the Kardashians mm-hmm. because you see them having this fabulous lifestyle with showbiz and all the social media and mm-hmm. the accolades and all the rest of it. But does anyone actually sit down and say, okay, so how long is it going to take me to get there? And then if I'm going to be like the Kardashians in five years' time, where would I need to be in four years' time? Mm-hmm. And then work out what four years looks like, then three years, then two years, and eventually mm-hmm. you can work it back to what do I need to do this week that's step one? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's yeah, it's breaking it down into smaller chunks because to try and be I want to be a global multimedia self-facilitating media node or whatever <laughs> in five years is a lofty ambition but unless mm-hmm. you actually know what the first thing you have to do is it's also know. it feels like in this day and age and I will use the Kardashians as a bit of an example is if somebody achieves it you're never going to sit parallel to them you have to have a point of difference so it's almost as if somebody if somebody carves out a niche for themselves they have it exclusively. It's mm. not like working life used to be back in the day where you were like, oh, I want to be a CEO or an accountant mm. or something. They could, you can have millions of those, but you can't have millions of Kim Kardashians. And I'm talking about in terms of earning potential, her output, all of that kind of stuff. So she, everyone's so, carving their own So the niche. next person will be something different. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it's before harder. her, there was... Who was the, who was the blonde one hotel? Parasol. That's it. So... So she was something different. And then I guess Kim Kardashian's kind of the next iteration of that, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. And then there will be there's someone lot... else will come along and there will, but there will be a different, again, there'll be a different spin on it. or. Different... But there's lots of different people. So someone like Olivia Culpo, you will have no idea who these people are. No. But she could have been Kim, but she can't be Kim. So she's kind of in a, on a different level. Do you see what I mean? Because Kim's the queen of it. Mm. We'll term, move on from To this. put it in terms that I understand, but probably no one else in the podcast will, is after Bruce Lee died, everyone was trying to find the next Bruce Lee. And they mm. realised, no, Bruce Lee was Bruce Lee. You can never yeah. be. You could be better than him in real life, but you'll never replace what he was. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so Jackie Chan said, I'll be the comedy kung fu guy then. Anyway, now that's just lost the audience entirely. No, 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 I get you. I'm sure we haven't. I'm sure we haven't. Let's, right. Let's go on the next one. So No, no, I think you've... Have we... Have only of 26 habits helped? We covered that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So there you go, Julia. Wow, that's quite a discussion. I hope that's, I hope that's been useful listening to yeah, I hope so. Emma answer and me ramble on. So there you go. 
Um, the next, uh, so we have Marietta Sandylands who says... No, don't, that, she just compliments you, so we're not... Oh, reading. well, that's a great post. Should we not spend more time in that? No? Okay, we'll move Should we, on. Do you want to unpick that? Shall we yeah, she just do says, a deep dive? You know, the question was, would you like another Ask Me Anything? And uh, she would love this too. Also, an ep with your bro again would be awesome. So, you know, can't disagree there. Okay. And right. then Laura Kay, Laura Kay is wearing a cool blue hat, says, Yes, please. Who's on your interview hit list for next year? Ah, is that something you can reveal? It is, because I, I'm always very honest with my listeners, and Gavin's just taken, taken this with both barrels in the car on the way, on the drive back to see our parents. Um, I have a lot of people on my hit list for next year, and I have gone after some really big names recently. And one of the reasons why I'm feeling a bit blue <laughs> is because it's been very slow and I haven't got any yeses yet. Mm. <laughs> but... It's because I want to surprise and delight my listeners and myself um, by getting on people who will create excellent content and be interesting to listen to. Hmm. And, okay, Michelle Obama, it was always going to be a no, <laughs> but, you know, but I asked. I, at least they replied. And talking in sort of reference to that first question, yeah, I've started to... Um, I actually emailed Oprah's people as well. Mm. <laughs> you can tell why I'm feeling despondent. And I said, I realise I'm going to have to get a lot of no's before I get a yes, so please can we get my first one, my first no under my belt before Christmas? And they came back, got the joke, and they mm. were like, thanks for getting in touch, da-da-da-da-da. And that's when I'll email my WhatsApp group with Caroline and Dean and say, I got my first no from Oprah, and I've turned it into a, po- a, a step, a mm. positive step, because a no is better than a nothing. And it's to be expected because I'm not some, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a social media superstar. I'm a basic bitch and I know it. <laughs> but so I, I get it. I know that, but, it, but it, I know it's going to be harder for me sometimes to get people. And I don't mind that graft. You know me, I'm scrappy as scrappy AF. But recently I just think I aimed really, really high consistently. And I just... It's been like head against a brick wall for the last few weeks. Before I went to LA, it was head against a brick wall. Hmm. And they are all positives eventually because no's lead to yeses, but... Yeah, it's persistence and... So, yes, to answer the question, I, uh, I'd i love to get Michelle Obama on the show. I'd love to get Barack Obama on the show. I'd love to get Oprah on the show. I would like Drew Barrymore. Arnold Schwarzenegger will always be on my dream guest list until the day that I record with him. Which I believe will be in 2019. Just got a feeling in my bones about that. Arnie, one. yeah. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to get Tim Ferriss on the show. I kind of went cold on the idea of Tim for a while because I thought I respect his privacy. He shares a lot on his show. He doesn't need to share on mine. Mm. But I listened to a podcast he did with a guy called uh, Dr. Peter Attier. Is it? Is that how oh, it's the one that came out recently. Yeah. And I just thought I've got to have a conversation with mm. that dude, whether it's offline or online. I have to have a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I'm doing for 2019 is I'm creating, I want to create shows that will act as a very safe and reliable resource for my brilliant listeners. And that means standalone shows on specific subjects. And uh, the first one that I'm recording is going to be about what to do if you are getting divorced, Hmm. what to do if you are served with papers, how to serve papers, the realities of it, how much it will cost, how long it will take. And obviously I'll be speaking to experts in the UK, but I will try to provide in the show notes 
relevant links for all territories and okay. countries. So that's what's coming up. Okay. Oh, good. So I'm actually going to turn that question back on Laura not, Kay and okay. say, Laura, who would you like to see on the podcast? There you go. Great, great. Just as a thing, divorce isn't advocating. See, engagement. See that? Engagement. You should be on social <laughs> media, Gavin. Um, not encouraging divorce or suggesting anybody should. It's just a safe resource for what if it's something yeah. that's in your yeah. reality. Next question. Right. The next question <laughs> is from Hannah Monk, who would like to know what you got up to in LA with LK and what you recommend <laughs> to do in LA. So LA with LK. Yeah. So Los Angeles with Lindsay Kelk, best-selling author and fellow podcaster. Um, what we got up to was seven days of just amazing holiday time. So if you ever want to, um, if you ever want to be hosted by somebody who is a brilliant host. Lindsay's the best. Like, she put Captain America bed sheets on the bed because I love Chris Evans. <laughs> and she got a pillow in the shape of a shark because when she was over in the summer on her book tour, we went to the IMAX and watched the Meg in 3D. Oh. So, so, and she did this whole welcome basket with a sleep mask in with sleeping tablets, herbal ones, nothing um, prescription. Uh, like makeup and all sorts of like she's just the best host so we just hung out really we went to Sephora and I bought makeup which I haven't done for many years and we went to Palm Springs drank tea cocktails I got a tattoo but with a biro so it washed off it's not really a tattoo that means someone it's a tattoo that means someone drew on you no I know but it was in the it was they all have matching BB-8 tattoos the guys who I was with Okay. And so I obviously wanted to join the clan, so I... Someone drew BB-8 on your arm. Well, I mean, it looked terrible. It didn't look like BB-8, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and we went to go and see uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald, just because we wanted to go and perv on Ezra Miller in the cinema. It was just... Oh, was he the Flash in Justice League? Correct, okay, right, yeah. So we just had a very chill time. We, we sat in her flat a lot and chatted so she's she was towards the end of writing her 15th book i heart hawaii which she's just announced is the final installment in the i heart series which needs to get picked up by netflix and made into a series of films because it's so good and we talked a lot about that and we just talked about life stuff and it was one of those trips where you're with a friend and at no point is your energy off kilter so mm. every time i was feeling up and wanted to do stuff she was the same every time she was feeling like she wanted to maybe do something low-key I was we were just always in sync so it was perfect we had a great time okay. and we went to Sir. and the thing I would recommend you do if you like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Vanderpump Rules we went we did the triumvirate we did um Sir, Pump and Tom Tom this means nothing to Gavin he I might as well be speaking another language but we went to sir and we had the goat's cheese balls and i had the best spicy margarita i've ever had in my life i know sorry yeah okay, i know good. the squid wasn't very good and we had fish cakes that were a bit mad but the goat's cheese balls which are famous from the reality show stop it it's okay I, yeah i don't I, know I, i'm literally no idea no i know so that's what i would recommend i'd also recommend going up to is it is it griffith park or griffin park griffith park the observatory oh and i've seen that in movies yeah so. And because Lindsay's a has lived in Los Angeles now for four years, nearly five years, she um, uh, she knows 
drive, can drive around very easily. Gavin's just pouring coffee if you can hear something. It's yeah. not anything filthy. Um, and she took me up these roads and we saw the Hollywood sign really up close. We went into the parks and she drove me past places where Ryan Gosling gets papped. Um, so it was just, it was just lovely. It just so, And I, mm. as you know, I really needed to just take my foot off. So it was just a brilliant way of chilling out. So there you go, Big Sur, Tom, no, Tom sir. and Pump. Sir? Big Sur. Well, Big Sur is in California, yeah, is where all the hippies used to go or something, isn't that? Or is it a surf place? As I if I know. would know, but Sir is a restaurant. Oh, okay, not the area. Okay, no. um, that's something different then. There you go, <laughs> Hannah. I hope that helped. Uh, I hope those references mean something to you, Big Real Housewives of Wales. Just it? move on, Gavin, move okay, on. Okay, sorry. Um, right, so the next question comes from Victoria McGear, and she asks... She's got three questions. First one is, do you feel like you had a big break or pivotal moment in your career? If yes, how do you feel looking back on it now? Would you have done anything different? So let's see that one first. Um, I have two pivotal moments. The one, one is, and Gavin knows all of these very well. Um, the first one is the day that I got my A-level results and I got a C and two Ds. And it meant that I could go to the polytechnic that I had been accepted to but I'd already decided I didn't want to go to mm. and it was to do it was Anglia what was it to do is it media broadcasting or something I can't remember it, see, it was quite media and it was all very new and it was it wasn't nobody was taking it seriously no change there oh <laughs> up yours um and I didn't want to go to Anglia which is in Cambridge so it's Cambridge Poly, which is a joke, because mm. obviously Cambridge University is the real deal. Yeah. And I got my results, got in my car, and my English teacher, Mrs. Caroline Riddell, who is one of the greatest people I have ever and will ever meet, uh, took me to one side and said, go down to the University of Kent, which was about, from Ashford, what, a 30-minute drive? Mm. Go into the undergraduate admissions officer's um, building. Yeah. And asked to speak to him. And I did. And I got a place. And the reason I got the place is because you had got in there properly <laughs> with decent grades. And you had been there and you had just graduated, hadn't mm, you? Yeah. Was year there a year before. between? When did you yeah, graduate? I, I finished. You started. I started 96. The year after I finished, yeah. So. Yeah, okay. So there was a year between us. Um, and I said... And he said, I can't let you in. You've got a C and two Ds and whatever. Mm. And I said, please, 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 please. My brother came here and I really like the campus. And he went, oh, your brother came here. I quite like it when families, when oh, siblings okay. go mm. to uh, the same university. So he let me in. And he said, I've got two spaces. I've got uh, one space on theology and I've got one space on sociology. And I went, what's theology? And he said, sociology it is. Right, okay, well, there you go. And why would you say, so that was um, Mrs. Riddell basically recommending that you... Yeah, so that was a pivotal moment because had I not gone to university, I think I would have, especially at that time, and I'm sure our father, who's in the next room reading the paper, would agree, it would have been a big deal for me not to get into university because that's how it would have been framed. It would have been, it would have been confirmed that I was the stupid one of the two of us. <laughs> I'm not wrong, though, am I? Well, you know... I You're think... very academic, and I never was. I'm just good at remembering things. Yes. <clears throat> but, is... uh, but, but so that would have been a big deal, and, it would have been, and I would have felt it, and I would have seen all my f 
friends go to university and I would have been doing something. Hmm. Now, I would think, I now look back and think, actually, if I'm really honest, those years weren't used particularly well. It was the ground, it was more social learning than educational learning. So that was a pivotal, pivotal moment. And then the other one is when I was on work experience at OK Magazine Hmm. and I kept getting asked back and I got asked back to cover the PA when she was off for a couple of weeks and the beauty editor resigned and I was trying to work up the courage to say, look, I know I'm not qualified, even though I had my post-grad in journalism and um, and they asked me to do that role. The only thing I would do differently is I wouldn't have stayed in that role as long. Mm. Well, following on from that, um, Victoria's second question is what advice would you give to your younger or just starting out self career wise which is always I like that that's always quite a good question um, you know, it's, a, it's a really good question but can you imagine if my 21 year old self had the confidence that I had now she'd be really irritating wouldn't she well, no, I think it's a case of it is you go back and you say, listen, this is really what you should be doing. Well, I mean, okay, that, 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 that's my spin on it. It's, um, would you, because when you were 21, you were probably, that was your final year. Yeah. And what would you have said? Would you have said, never mind, just, just go straight to journalism college? Because you went, I mean, you took the... You do the usual graduate thing, get a job, mm-hmm. and then you realize, hang on, I hate this. This is rubbish. That's not something I'm really interested to do. And then you took the kind of brave step of saying, okay, I'm going to actually, you know, I, well, I, 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 I want to try and get from here to there. You know, it's like one of those things where you had to, you know, kind of really, you know, if you think about it, if you've got to jump across a gap at some point, you have to take both feet from where you are mm-hmm. and try and get them to the other side. And there's no guarantee. Well, so a couple of things about that. Um, yes, I did make the bold decision to give up the job I hated, which wasn't really a big decision in the mm. grand scheme of things. But uh, I, I was financed through Journalism College by mm. you. That's right, yeah. Thank you very much, because I couldn't afford to pay for the course. Mm. So I was very lucky there. And um, the other thing is that everybody's route to getting somewhere is different. And yeah. when I got to, when I actually started working as a journalist... I was really stunned that some people just had written in and asked for a job and been given it and other people had just fallen into it. And whereas I had taken the hard route, I had thought, right, well, I must go to journal. I must do a couple of years on local newspapers. I must do filing. I must, I did all the grunt work first and then Mm. I got qualified. And then I was like, right now I'm qualified and I will, will go and do more grunt work. So what would I tell my, I don't know. Sometimes you just have to be bold and just say, I can do this job. Fake it till you make it. I know some people find that a little bit of an irritating way to approach things. But I don't know. It's a really good question. I don't know what I would necessarily tell myself. I think the one thing I'd say is you can do it. Trust yourself. Mm. You, you can do it. Whatever you set your mind to, you can do it. Because then you just open up the gates for you to decide what it is that you want to do. So I think the thing I'd whisper in my... 21 year old self's ear is whatever you whatever you set your mind to you are going to achieve it because if you have that belief by Jiminy you can achieve anything there we go well do you agree I do I think it's um I often think one of these one of the because I hear this question asked quite a bit it's um it's usually what 
you know, they say, you know, a smart person learns from someone else's mistakes. So it's a bit like, you know, what can you learn? You know, if, if you find out, well, I would have told myself, don't do this or, or do this or follow your gut here. That, that's kind of, that's information that's useful to other people, isn't it? Mm. So, and then, you know, but then you have to obviously, you know, don't not learn from other people's mistakes, but you do have to learn from your own ones. Yeah. Sorry, you may have just heard a doorbell. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, the front door's just gone. It's probably our neighbour coming around with Christmas cards. Or another delivery. Oh, it shouldn't be... No. But not, anyway, not sorry. Yes, where are we? <laughs> the third part of the question. The third question from Victoria is, best product bought in 2018? Well, if you mean beauty product, then it would be the two Viseart eyeshadow palettes that I bought in Sephora in LA for $60. They were $30 a piece and... Dollars feel a little bit like monopoly money. So I was like, Psh. You haven't looked at the exchange rate recently, yeah. 1.2. Mm. 1.2. Um, that, I've just bought a bullet journal, which I was just proudly showing off to Gavin before we started. Uh, best product. Best product bought in 2018. What else have I bought this year? Um... I bought the podcasting machine because I. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I used to use a USB mic in my laptop, and mm. now... I've got an H4N Pro Zoom, which is the podcasting sort of, not App. basic, but like... Tech of choice. Yeah, mm. and some microphones and whatnot. Um, yeah, makeup-wise, definitely those palettes. They're freaking awesome. And probably my flights to LA. But that's not really a product, is it? That's a no. service. I can't think. Maybe I'll, I'll ruminate on that one while we mm. go to the next one. Okay. So the next question is from Vicky Whitehouse, and she says, love the idea of more episodes and one including your brother. So mm. okay. she's, okay, all right, <laughs> fine. She said, can you do a roundup of 26 habits and the impact they have had? So um, this, by the time this one comes out, no, so the day after this one comes out, there's a whole episode that covers that. Is that right? No, it I came out on so. Monday. There was something called freewheeling. Yeah, it? so the freewheeling episode, parts one and part two, will talk about all of that. But um, the impact they've had... So 26 Habits came out of the notion of not wanting to commit to one single resolution because resolutions are exactly what you were talking about, about plotting your course mm. back and addressing things and doing things in bite-sized chunks. 26 Habits was about saying, well, yes, I want, to, I want to be a better person. I want to be somebody who gets up early, but I can't just click my fingers and just do that with one by setting my alarm 
at 6am the next day. It's kind of easing your way into it. So the two weeks was just to give a taster. And I think the thing that I come away with, with the exception of the ketogenic diet, which I just really didn't get on with, you've done it, haven't you? No, I didn't try that one. Paleo I did, but I'm not on keto. Yeah, okay. Um, Two weeks is not a very long time. And I said this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. It takes 21 days to embed a habit whether making or breaking it, but that didn't have a sexy ring to it. <laughs> 26 mm. Habits was a bit more uh, social media friendly. Yeah. And so two weeks is a really doable amount of time. It feels like not having to give up too much to test things out. Mm. So the no drinking was very easy and it has completely changed my approach to alcohol because I now know when I've had enough from just doing those two weeks where I thought about it every day Mm. or or even just the process of why am I even thinking about the no booze thing? Do I have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol? Am I dependent on it when I don't need to be? Do I drink too much on a night out? That kind of stuff. Mm. So 26 habits has had a massive impact and I do want to keep going with something similar, but I just don't want to do another year of 26 habits because it'll begin to feel forced Mm. and I want it to feel natural. So Keep keep listening because there will be things that crop up that will be similar. Right. And then Vicky also asks your intentions or goals for 2019. Um, and we've talked about the, the kind of guests you want to. Yeah. I just genuinely just want to keep creating or, or not keep creating. I want to build on what I've created so far in terms of the podcast and create this in this resource for people but also have conversations that i think will be of use and infotainment to people too Mm. and continue to get fitter (laughs) and healthier and become mentally stronger (laughs) that would be good too all audible aims Mm -hmm. exactly right okay so the next question, and I hope I say this correctly, is from Svilena Balabanova, and she asks, well, oh, this is a good one, no, do you no, ever yes. have guests with whom you privately disagree? How do you handle it, especially when someone is giving you a lot of marketing speak? That's such an excellent question. And it's come up a little bit recently because I had a guest on who, and this has come up a lot with nutrition, Nutrition is a subject that I really dislike bringing to the podcast because people are very opinionated and people have very strong opinions and they sit in a camp. And so you end up... So do you mean now the people who come on as the experts or people no, reacting to people it? reacting to the mm. podcast, thank you. Um, so uh, I had Davinia Taylor on and she lives a really healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And I was really interested to hear about how she approaches her healthy lifestyle through diet and exercise. And the thing is, you look at Davinia, you cannot argue that she is in great shape, she's in great health, and she feels fantastic. And if you listen to the length and breadth of that podcast, it makes sense. Mm. It is not my place to say, actually, Davinia, do you know there's some research that suggests this, 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 and this? If that's what she believes and that's how she's living her life and she feels excellent, who am I to contradict that it's when it's misinformation that i think or uh, so if some were to, were to come on and, and say something you think hang on that's not actually correct or whatever and you have to kind of bite your tongue because they're an expert yeah i mean 
I probably wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards having those people on, but then I do want to mm. provide all perspectives. But I mean, I think it's interesting you say that questions come up because um, I well, listen. I've not really heard that come through at all. Whereas some other podcasts you listen to, Paul's mic closer. Um, it's uh, you can you can tell if you listen to people a lot when they are not in sync with the guest. Yes, I uh, think you can tell. And, and I'm not going to. There are certainly there's a couple of like key examples I can think of of that where I just thought this is not going very mm. well. Um, yeah, they become quite confrontational almost. But. Yeah, and I just I, I do think look, not everybody's going to like every show, but somebody mm. is going to like. Yeah. The episode and you want it to you want it to be a resource for them but there is a point of creating balance but I think if an expert came on and said uh started saying lots of stuff about dairy farming hmm. for example and was just presenting one side of the argument right. and it was very damning a little bit like Facebook ad propaganda hmm. where you see these ads and you're like oh my god this is a state of the ocean or this is a state of things and it's a very biased viewpoint of one thing then I think you have to counterbalance it if they're coming from a point of authority but I think if somebody's just saying oh, I read this I thought about it actually I changed this up and I feel really good for it that I have more of a problem with challenging them on because it's working for them. No, I mean, I'd agree with that. I think the um, the issue with what I always say about that sort of the the um, example you raised there is the phrase I always use is the caveat is your mileage may vary. So yeah. for some people... He's always saying that to me, listener. <laughs> so, you know, what works for some people doesn't work for other people. I mean, you remember when I first discovered kettlebells, I thought, wow, this oh, is... Oh, you were a freak. It's like you and your cold water dabs. There you go. Just um, But then other people just try them. Yeah, not for me. I'm going to run or I'm going to do CrossFit or I'm going to do barbells or I'm going to do and um, I, British military fitness, whatever the, whatever the other things are that people... And know. I guess part of my approach and the reason why I don't challenge when somebody is saying this is what's working for me is because I've lost count of the amount of times I've been in the gym. Remember when I was running loads? How many times do people say, oh, you should be doing weight work? Oh, you burn much more fat. You do this, you build muscle. Muscle means that you're burning fat when you're asleep. And someone always comes in with a counter-argument. And what I found that did to me is it demoralised me and mm. it demotivated me. And that I, I actually, if, if I'm ever in the gym and I can feel one of the personal trainers thinking, and you see them circling around sometimes, seeing yeah. scouting for PT sessions, I just think, please don't come and talk to me. Because there are days when I want to turn to them and say, you don't know what it's taken me to get out of bed today. Yeah. Please don't criticise me for just doing this on the treadmill. Mm. So there is that. But yes... Have there ever been people that I've disagreed with? Well, um, yes, but they're entitled to their point of view. My approach to skincare, if we're talking about beauty guests, is very functional in that I use active ingredients, I layer serums in order to counter the effects of ageing, to prevent the effects of ageing, signs of ageing, and they're proven, they're chemicals that have a proven chemical reaction in the skin, and they're scientific data to back up hmm. their results so for me if somebody comes on and starts saying excuse me i hiccuped um that they like using essential oils and pampering and a 10-step massage routine they're entitled to that opinion and that might work for them that's a completely different approach but what i don't like is people saying i'm in this camp i am somebody who only does this 
And if you don't do it, then you're wrong. And that's what Twitter is for. And I hate Twitter for that reason. The disagree. What What were you looking at me like? Well, I just for? think I know it hasn't. I, I don't know if we're doing Spillane's question justice, but I, I was just thinking of one particular person who is not someone you've interviewed, but someone who uses a, a position of prominence to kind of put forward. Oh, and this is what I think everyone should be doing for health and whatever. And uh, and a lot of doctors and things say, "Hang on, this is crazy. Why? Why? Why is Why is this being said? I mean, this is." There's no backing to this. Mm. And, and that's where I think there's a problem is where people, because they have a certain profile, a certain number of followers mm. or whatever, or likes or clicks, whatever, that they can they can say stuff which is potentially dangerous for some people. I think it's good to present all sides of the argument and you can opt in and opt out into what you believe in. But I just, I don't like this culture of you you think that, therefore you're wrong. Because you should be thinking what I'm thinking. And when I... I know you're not on social media, so you don't see it. That's what I see a lot of on Twitter, and it gets very... It's like the nutrition thing. Um, I'm not on social media because I did see it. Oh, right. Okay, and well, this is One of the reasons is because... Okay, I'm going to go off on a side right now, but the world has become so polarised. It it's it's literally... Just. And it's become polarised on tribal grounds, whether it's talking about politics or entertainment or anything... People are literally your, you know, people have assumed this moral high ground where they have the moral high ground. And if you disagree with them, you know, they don't need to engage with you that much. You're mm-hmm. just pure, you're just simply wrong yeah. and probably stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's, uh, it, it's unfortunately, it's a toxic culture we have at the moment. Yeah, really. And so, yes, I don't know if this has done uh, justice to the question, but I think there's a time and a place to mm. argue with people and I hope I give people a platform upon which to share their belief. And if I thought somebody was saying something noxious or toxic or that would cause any harm to a single hair on a listener's head, I would shut them down, You'd trust call and them believe. Out, yeah, yeah okay. but until that point, yeah. they, they are allowed to speak freely. Of course. Well, Svelina, I hope we did answer, or sorry, I hope Emma answered the question that I was just ranting and No, no, <laughs> it's all good. Um, okay, so next I have a question from Faye Jenkins. All right, okay, I'm going to have to step out for this one. Um, my question is about RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't be such a... So this is something to do with motor racing, I think. Um, Gavin. And it is threefold. So question the first. Who are your favourite contestants? Right, um, I'll answer that one. Okay. Bianca Del Rio, who has been on this podcast. Courtney Act, who has been on this podcast. Uh, Latrice Royale, who has not been on this podcast. Jinx Monsoon, who has not been on this... In fact, none of them after Bianca and Courtney. Um, And who else do I really, really like? Roxy Andrews. My name is Roxy Andrews, and I'm here to make it clear. Gavin is going to tune out very, very quickly. Um, So... There aren't any queens I particularly dislike. I thought Fifi O'Hara's... The way that she came across wasn't great, but then editing says a lot, so I just, you know... They're all fab as far as I'm concerned. It's a real art and I flip it. For me, drag is about expressing yourself to the max and mm. not apologising for it. So that's why I love it. So I love anyone who does it. Well, if you're going after it for the kind of that, sort of the brutal honesty, the unashamed, mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm not seeing it. It's I an amplification it. of who... Of who of how you want to be perceived and how you want to represent yourself. And it's so out there that you can't hide it. Mm. And therefore you're saying, this is who I am. Mm. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I think that's a really bold and brave and 
that's why I like Drag Race. Okay, so there's your favourite contestants. The next question is, who would you love to see as a guest judge? Well, it's coming to the UK and they are going to be filming in the spring. And if I got that call, I would literally have uh, a conniption. They won't because mm. I'm not a celebrity and I'm not, um, I don't have the profile for it. I think they do really well on guest judges. I can't think, I'd love to see Dolly Parton do it. Okay. Um, what are your favourite RuPaul catchphrases? Oh, gosh, they probably use them all the time. Uh, oh, <laughs> that means okay, Gavin. Okay, right, good. Um, oh, and then the five Gs by Latrice Royale. Good God, get a grip, girl. Good. So we'll go with that one. We're going to have to move off this one because... Sorry, no, we're on... What else is she saying? I'm on season three at the moment on Netflix, so they just re-added them all back yeah. on. Okay, right. Because Netflix got rid of them all and then... Mm -hmm. um, they came back on, which is great. And All Stars 4 is on at the moment. It's on tonight, actually. So I'll make you sit down and watch that. Mm, we'll see about that. <laughs> the next question is from Kirsten Mesa, uh, who says, would you consider interviewing women who are successful in male-dominated industries? Would, you be, would, would it be interesting to see if or how their views differ from those in the beauty industry? Interesting. Mm. So I um, was asked recently to interview a female who is the head of grooming for a beauty company. So that's male beauty products, essentially. And I, it was like, oh, you know, she's a, a woman in, a, in the grooming world. And I thought, until I have one of the very wealthy males who've dominated the female beauty industry on and talk to them about, about it in the same context, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have... I will have her on. But what I mean is, I think it's very interesting to say a woman in a male-dominated world when men have been dominating female industry for such a long time. Okay. Um, I, know what, I know you don't think that's answered the question. Well, I'm thinking, how about women who are, you know, so male, aside from beauty, you know, mm -hmm. male-dominated industries? Because obviously beauty is... I think, you know, the male grooming market, as far as I can tell, is only really, is, not, is a fairly recent innovation. It's not, unless I'm just, <laughs> that says more about me. You, you just know. get what you're given. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's certainly, whereas female beauty industry has always been there, mm. or certainly in our lifetimes. So I feel, you know, the Are idea Are we talking of, about like industry? Yeah, about? so, but I think, but if you move away from that, if you looked at something, you know, male-dominated industry, whether that would be, you know, like a, you know, it's some sort of corp, you know, in, yeah. a, in a corporate role, is law or finance or. You know. So I had Alison Hogg on recently, and she is the CEO, co-founder. I don't know her title, but she's uh, the big boss at Vita Liberata. And I asked her about being a woman in business mm. and whether you have to have masculine qualities in order to succeed. Yeah. And she said they're not masculine qualities; they're successful people qualities. Interesting which I thought was excellent. And mm. then I posed that same question to Mary Portas when she came on the show. And she said something similar, but she said, I don't see aggression or being ballsy in inverted commas as being necessary, a necessary component to success. So I, I would be interested to speak to women who are in male-dominated industries to see whether they have had to adapt their behavior. Because in Mary's book, I think she said that 
over half the female workforce have adapted their identity or their behaviour in order to cater to a male-dominated environment, whether that's by changing how they dress, hmm. whether that's by changing how they speak or whatever. So I would, to, I've gone around it the long way, but yes, I would be interested. But I just, I'm, I'm reluctant to draw such a broad line of you're a woman in a male-dominated industry because I don't feel like the same is said to men who work in female-dominated dominated industries. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I guess the is it watch this space as they... they as yeah. The, yeah. If you have any suggestions, if you have any industries or you have any careers or particular jobs that you have in mind, please email me because I, I, I'm scrappy as, it, as they come. If you give me a, a goal, I'll try and meet it. So if you've got somebody in mind or some industry mm. in mind, let me know. Okay. The next question is from Rachel B or Abby. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing all these names today, am I? Um, I always just go with the first name, so you really okay. want to be going back. I, you didn't tell me that. I'm not an expert at this. It's been quite it's... fun watching you squirm. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Rachel's question is, <laughs> what advice, wisdom, sorry, what advice slash wisdom have you taken from your 2018 guests? Do you have a favorite quote from any of them? Um... It's probably something I said in the last time I was on, isn't it? No. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> there have been so many interesting people this year. And if there's one thing that I have set myself to do this year, this year, this week, as in Christmas, is um, take stock a little bit because there's been a show every single weekend. Mm-hmm. So there's... 52 episodes nearly. It's a lot of content. Plus there's been midweek shows with some special guests. And I felt sometimes that maybe I haven't digested them all. Mm. <laughs> so I want to go and revisit a few of them. But I, the Mary Portas interview, I was very emotional in. And I didn't realise that having worked in quite an unhealthy, toxic job in the past had still, there was still quite a lot of residue from that and how reading Mary's book kind of exorcised some of those Mm. thoughts and feelings. And before we hit record, I actually tried to explain that to Mary, just saying she was asking me about my reaction to the book and I got very choked up and that was a surprise to me. Uh, So there weren't any sayings or anything or any sort of quotes. I really liked how Courtney Act talked about uh, the law of attraction, about spirituality and about how, about atheism and about approaching it just like you do if you're going vegetarian, where you'll just take one day at a time and see if you like it and try a different thing every day. I thought that was an interesting way of articulating a spirituality without um, without sort of, again, being polarised and going, right, today I shall be hmm. this, and this is what I shall represent, and my views will be only this. I thought the idea of being quite fluid and everything around it I thought was very interesting and Bianca Del Rio actually just like get over it Jesus I mean if some if someone says Bianca Del Rio from RuPaul's Drag Race it is yeah I was paying attention (laughs) well done you've got a good memory remember um just if somebody says something mean to you get over it like like, really just get over it move on they'll die one day like that kind of I'm not saying I can be like that all the time, but having that voice available in the ear sometimes, you actually think, I just need to be a bit more Bianca Del Rio about this and not get upset by that incident or person. Mm. But there are many more. There are many more. I just can't rattle them all off now. I can't think off the top of my head. 
Oh, that's a good one. They get over it because so it's so easy to get. It's as we were discussing, you know, how hatred is a wasteful emotion because mm-hmm. I was seeing this thing today, or reading about how you know how many people like really loathe. Well, let's say it was a political thing. It was talking about how, how bad Donald Trump is, and someone was saying, "Yeah, but it's like, yeah, okay, so all these people have all these negative feelings towards him, but it affects them, not him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're the ones walking around carrying that negativity with them. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, you, know, you don't like the guy, or you know, you don't like Hillary, or you don't like whoever it is, whichever politician or person. But you know, if you're carrying that level of negativity, you are the one that's getting impacted by it, not you, not them. Yep. And the same thing, you know, if you then carry those. those that person said those words and you, if you just say hey, get over it you mm-hmm. don't carry it either it's like that old zen story i love talking about but, oh uh, the, the monk the old monk and yeah. the young monk yeah but anyway well tell it quickly gavin because you can't okay so there's this there's this, there's this story there's these, these two uh, monks walking uh to this monastery and there's this sort of the the older monk and the younger monk and it's pretty horrendous weather uh, you know, and there's this river they have to cross and there's a young woman who's trying to cross the river and she can't, she can't get across the river. And so the old monk says, well, if you climb on my back, I'll carry you across the river. But they're not allowed to do that. That's right. And the young monk says, Master, you can't do that. We're not allowed to um, carrying... Touch women. Yeah, carry women or touch women or anything to do with her. And, but he gives, the, you know, he gives her a piggyback and carries her across the river and then you know, they get her to the other side and she goes her way and they go their way. And they're carrying walking and this young monk's not happy and they, they get to the monastery in the evening and they're... The master says to him, so I can sense you're preoccupied with something. What, what, what's your problem? He says, well, we're not supposed to, you know, touch women or pick up women and you carry that woman across the river. Uh, and the monk says to him, I stopped carrying her hours ago, but you're still carrying her. Mm. And that always stuck with me. Yes. No, it's true. It, it, someone says something mean or if you take something as a slight, then it's very easy to only pay attention to that. And who, I think it's the Madonna Lady Gaga quote at the moment that everyone... You won't know about this, Gavin, but Lady Gaga... Has, I've heard of those people. I yes, I'm sure. Are. Lady Gaga has said that there can be 100 people in a room and if 99%, if 99 of them don't believe in you, then... I know that's about Bradley Cooper. It takes one person to believe in you. But then also, if 99, if 99 people say you're awesome and one person says you're terrible, you'll listen to the one person. Okay, right, I get you, yeah. I've mixed up my metaphors analogies etc so um if somebody says something mean to me like um someone wrote to me about the podcast what did they say uh they didn't like the trini caroline and nadine one and just said it was just rambling your your show would benefit from, from some structure and i for like two days i was like oh my god maybe i need to rethink the show maybe i need to like have 10 questions and i only ask those 10 questions of every guest maybe i need to like change up the format and then after a while i thought no no because i know that that there'll be another show that they like Hmm. but my show is for the people that find this show and like it not for i'm not catering to other people and it's the same about your personality the amount of times that school or if you feel like you're being bullied or if you feel like someone thinks you're pathetic and you change your behavior and actually i have a really good friend i won't name her because i think she's been on the show but she's amazing because she is totally herself in every single situation i see her in and i asked her about it we were having a drink recently and she said i just am because i can sleep at night if i'm myself and if they think i'm basic or if they think i'm a knob or it, someone's going to think I'm all right and they're going to want to hang out with me again. So I'm just going to go with that. And I don't, you don't often hear that mm. kind of 
confidence. It's a very uh, liberating way to approach the world. Yeah, and I've never seen her happier than she is right now, I've got to be honest. I was like, oh my God, I really want a piece of what you're having. She's Mm. just honestly, every time I've seen her recently, she's just in such good spirits and just seems really centred and calm and... Like when she gets silly, she gets silly. When she's being serious, she gets, she's just she just seems to have nailed it at the moment. Right. That's a good lesson, I think. Yes. Right now, our final question. Oh, sorry. Now we have Yasmin. Don't miss out, Yasmin. Yasmin says, "Yasmin said your brother and your dad." <laughs> now, unfortunately, we couldn't coax him onto the show. You know, no, he's so. got to get through the papers today because we interrupted him by coming back for Christmas. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Yasmin. It's just me. Um, he sends his love, though, Yasmin. There we go. So the final question is from Catherine Wangata and she asks the whole new year resolution thing if the 26 habits has changed your life and if you were doing them in 2019 knowing what you do from 2018 which ones would you do and why so I guess is which ones have stuck which ones all of them except the ketogenic diet and probably meal planning Mm. so weirdly the nutrition ones I didn't really see the benefit of those but we come on to that slightly at the moment I've never what's come onto it now then I've never felt that I've had much control over my body and I've always been very jealous of you because you are like right I'm going to go paleo and I'm going to do kettlebells and you're like oh I dropped my fat percentage by four percent and I've always felt like I can't make that change happen but then recently I've changed things up and it's the first time I've ever felt any kind of control over my body Mm. So maybe I have to address nutritional ones in 2019, but literally change the way that I I was eating, partly because you were all over your tofu and stir fry and I could feel the difference within about a fortnight. Perhaps I should add... Well, no, no, because Gavin, like, has just been eating really healthily and you'd been doing paleo and you were like, you decided to ease off on the red meat, right? So you were... Yeah, basically that's... So you were... um, gadding around with tofu so i i thought well i'll give that a try yes increasing more fruit and vegetables and and fiber and things that i've been cutting out because i think yeah i mean it's it's some of these things if it's only has a diet it's basically it's got a kind of that 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 implies some sort of time frame doesn't Mm. it really so i thought well you need to find a way of eating healthily and the thing that i found well again your mileage may vary Mm. works for me is intermittent fasting the 16 hours off eight hours with an eight hours feeding window is but Lindsay and I did that inadvertently in LA and it was great I came back and again I'd already been eating slightly differently I'd been trying to eat in that eight hour window and the fact that I kind of accidentally did in LA I came back from a holiday where I should normally when you come back from holiday you feel a bit slow digestively and Mm. you feel maybe bloated and well I always do anyway um air travel does that to me but I felt really good so uh but literally it's the the first time I've I've thought oh that little change I can actually feel the difference and quite quickly whereas normally like even when I've done Weight Watchers in the past I would say it probably takes six weeks Mm. before you feel it and this happened within like two or three so I would say all of the habits were of the experience of doing them was very beneficial meditating is one that I keep falling out of and having to get back into I just can't make it daily I've I just I, I mean, I'm sure I can. I just struggle to... Don't look at me like that. No, I was going to say... Sorry, finish the thought and I'll jump on the meditation. No, no. Well, I just... I struggle to... 
I struggle to find time for it. Because if I'm feeling okay, if mm. I'm not feeling depressed and I'm not feeling anxious, I go about my day. Yeah. But So the only time I'm able to implement it, really, is if I wake up and I feel a wobble and I think I'm going to need this before I can go forward and I need to start doing it as a habit, whether I feel good or bad or indifferent. Mm. I think on meditation, something I've you know, used for a number of years and... When, you, when I first started meditation, and now this is before you had Headspace and 10%... Calm and stuff. What's the other one? And now Sam Harris has got an app which is really good. He actually takes on the Tim Ferriss did like two guided meditations that are on there. Oh, that was the one there where they said, don't do this while driving. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I tried to start meditation, I thought, well, 20 minutes. I'll sit down and try and do 20 minutes. Mm. And trust me, if you've never tried meditating before and you sit down and try and meditate for 20 minutes, you will go insane. Mm. Because well. your, your mental chatter, okay, not literally, your mental chatter is going to be crazy. It's an impossible amount of time. So I would think, think what, think what feels like a reasonable amount of time. You know, I think, okay, I'll halve it, do 10 minutes. So if you think 10 minutes is reasonable, try four. Mm-hmm. The average song length, basically. And just sit there and your mind will wander. So the most basic thing you can do is count, breathe slowly in and out and count maybe um, one as an inhale and two as an exhale. Get to 10 and then just start counting one to mm-hmm. 10 again and do that for four minutes. And the first few times you try it, you will, you will never get to 10 probably. Mm-hmm. You know, mine will go and, and you can get frustrated with yourself because you'll start thinking about what am I going to have for dinner? What's on Netflix? Maybe someone's posted something on Instagram and I'm missing it, you know, so... But don't worry about that. As long as you go back to counting, think of that like a rep in the gym. Each time yeah. you take yourself back to the count, don't beat yourself up for losing concentration. Just build that four minutes up. Mm. Because I, when I realized that 20 minutes off the bat was going to be impossible, I, you know, when I tried to do it kneeling, and then of course you try and stand up after 20 minutes, you know, you just have to lie on the ground like a dead bug for about five Why minutes. Why are you kneeling? Well, you know, because I used to do the martial arts thing and you sit in the Japanese kneeling position. Oh, I see. And I'd seen people meditating like that. And I thought, well, I'll meditate in that position. (laughs) And of course, you've got no feeling in your legs. So it's fine (laughs) to sit in a chair. (laughs) But um, so, yeah, by the time, if you you know, four minutes, you you could literally do it first thing in the morning. You could sit up cross-legged in bed Mm. before you even get out of bed rather than hitting snooze. That's what Katy Perry does, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. So... um, and then you, I suddenly before, I, I don't know sure how it happened, but then you just start to enjoy the feeling and you see, then suddenly you are doing 20 minutes. Mm. You didn't even realize that, you know, you just sort of, it almost happens by accident. You kind of, there's almost this click where the mental chatter, it didn't switch off, but like the volume just goes down on it. It's like um, they say about running once you get through the 20 minute threshold. Mm. Like, it can take you a while to get up to there, but once you've done 20 minutes, you can run for half an hour. It, it, once you reach a certain thing, mm. then the gains get bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. And again, with the meditation, I found there have been some days where it, it works really quickly, really easily, and other days where I'll, you know, I might sit down for 15 minutes and it, it's just, it's, my mind keeps wandering and I keep coming back and mm. then the mind wanders again. And, you know, so yeah. it, it's... Uh, it's why I'm really struggling to read at the moment because if I try and sit down and read a book... I, my mind wanders. Hmm. And it's exactly the same thing with meditation. So I feel like if I meditate and read, then I'll be I, sort of... I think it's... Pincer movement on the same muscle. That's why I think it's very... The mindfulness thing, mm-hmm. being present, and then meditation really helps that. It's so important. Because we live in this ADD 
culture, really, don't we now, mm-hmm. where we have so many distractions. There's so much information. You know, I imagine a lot of the people listening, well, they're on the Facebook group, aren't they? So they're on social media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see people watching TV, checking their phones. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've always got to be, you know, or, you know, even if I go and walk, walk to the supermarket and I'm going to go and buy some milk, I'll take my phone so I can listen to a podcast mm-hmm. as I'm walking like five, ten minutes there and back. It's, you know, whatever happened to just going for a walk to the... I know. You know so we're, we're, we're very easily distracted and it's harder to concentrate. I think the average concentration spans have gone down over the last 18 years. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. numbers like that the other day. And that's largely because of all these distractions. So that's my pitch for the 26 averages, mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. So just to make sure I answer that question, if you were doing them in 2019... Which ones would you do and why? Yeah, well, like you said, everything but the keto. Anything mindfulness related, I've got to be honest, or, or I think physical, not nutrition. I didn't do exercise ones in 2018 just because, A, it was my first round at sort of saying, I'm going to do this, come join me, why don't you? And you've got to be responsible and not. Like if I suggested some of the crazy wackadoodle kettlebell stuff that you've done in the past... That would be really I'm not sure I'm happy about that being <laughs> characterised as crazy wackadoodle. What uh, was the challenge you did where it was a month and you got ripped? You were like, were you doing paleo, but then you were doing like oh, 5,000 um, kettlebells? Yes, it was, uh, what was it? I had to do 10,000 kettlebell swings in 30 days. Right, yeah. So things like that. So that's fine on your own, but you can't tell people to do stuff like that. No. I, I mean, you can. Well, I just... I think you've got to be responsible about it. Yeah. Anyway, we, at the end of our questions, also, we were sitting in the kitchen doing this and there's twinkly Christmas lights everywhere, but it's gone dark since we've been in here. So we are actually doing this in the dark. Now. Yeah, it's kind of being blinded by the, the laptop screen as we're going through the questions. Because no one wanted to, because neither of us wanted to make the noise and get up and turn the light on. Yeah, I thought the chair's going to scrape. Yeah, they yeah. will. So I hope, yes, I hope we've... Uh, tackle those questions for people yeah. and we might seeing as we're here and hanging out together we might record a couple of bonus episodes that will surprise drop between now and the new year so stay tuned for some more surprises thank you to everybody who sent in questions via the facebook so can i just before we go i'm going to throw one out to the group because i'm an outsider here but i think there's i've noticed a lot of comments on here of people, this is my show Gavin. Stop i know, I know but i'm just i'm just butting <laughs> in you know so um Sorry, that's an old family joke. You Gavin once did a was was doing a video when we had a video camera back in the day. And See now you're butting in. No, I know I am, but Gavin was trying to do a serious monologue situation and I kept running in the background going making noise and then he told me off for ruining it. So I just told you right. off for ruining it. See the joke? Yeah, and the joke worked. <laughs> for everyone listening. Right, sorry, quickly, yes, quickly. Right, yes, I was gonna say up, a lot of I know it's a lot of questions about twenty six habits. And I've seen on, you know, some of the stuff where when you've been doing a habit, you know, the, you know the, the people in the Facebook group are following along and trying them out as well. Mm. So maybe there's a question there for the group. If you did, maybe you don't do 26 habits next year, but you do 30-day challenges. Well, actually, what challenges would people want to... If you were on social media, you know that there's a whole other thread where some of the followers are talking about the fact that they'll be doing 12 next year, doing one a month. So ah, you see, there you go. I think you need to follow me on social media, Gavin. But... Good point, well made. And Gavin and I have talked about writing the 26 Habits book, which would involve Gavin's input quite heavily. Yeah, me writing it and your name going on the front or something. <laughs> well, just because you're good at stats, 
You're very good at the stats side of things and research. You're very good at research. Oh. So you would provide, collate and the data. Mm. And you would add? Some words. Mm. No, that makes it sound terrible, but it would be a... (laughs) (laughs) The original logo for this podcast was actually, because Gavin drew the logo, was... What was it? Gavin Gunnawardner presents the Emma God show. Yeah, but that, that for some reason that design didn't make, make make the final cut. I don't know. What Your name was much, much great. bigger than mine. It looked great. Sure anyway, it did. Uh... Okay. We should probably draw this to a close yes. uh, because I think we've got things arriving for Christmas. Right. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to join the Facebook forum, then please do follow the link in the show notes, which you can find wherever it is where you that you are streaming, downloading, listening to this episode it is available on apple Podcasts, on acast and other good streaming services while you are there please do feel free to click the subscribe button so you never miss an episode i'm sure you can corroborate that's a good thing to do isn't it Gavin? yeah hit the subscribe subscribe hit five stars if you get the chance maybe you live a sentence about what you like maybe you like gavin's voice (laughs) (laughs) maybe you think gavin's a good co-host um Maybe you don't. No, I'm sure they do. You're fabulous. Thank you for thank you for being here. Um, and Always a pleasure, never a chore. For reading out the questions, mm. we will be back with a surprise drop between now and the new year. Until then, stay well, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns